those around you. Transform your work culture. Welcome to season four of the Fast Track Impact podcast. Great, so today we are thinking about impact strategies. This idea that we can, in theory, make a plan from the top of a university that might enable us all to achieve more impact. Well, what is an impact strategy? Is this just this thing that sits on a shelf that some pro vice chancellor comes up with to create a legacy that nobody will ever read um, and will never affect anyone? Or is this, in theory, something that might, in fact, enable us to achieve more impact. So I'm going to be talking to three guests today on the podcast. Uh, I will be talking to Saskia Ghent, who is Director of Insights for Impact, about a paper that we co-authored with a number of colleagues, trying to understand the kinds of impact strategies that are out there already, and what might be a good impact strategy, and how might you develop an effective impact strategy that can actually change how people really do impact and enable us to do more and better impact. But this journey actually started uh, when I was contacted a few years before uh, by Jennifer Lockett and Dawn Ashby, who work for Plymouth Marine Laboratory, uh, Senior Impact Manager and Senior Comms Officer there, uh, asking for some help in this area. I suggested, well, hmm, uh, I probably don't know as much as I should do about impact strategies, but I know someone who does, and I put them in touch with Saskia. And then together, me and Saskia did some work to look at what was out there in terms of this landscape of other people creating strategies, what might be good practice. And then Saskia facilitated uh, both Dawn and Jen to create their own strategy. But at the same time, Saskia and I were talking about this and saying, yeah, you know what, there's more we could do here. Uh, what about actually creating a sample, looking across multiple strategies in a really formal way and writing a paper about this? Uh, and what more could we learn and what more could we share with the world by doing this? And uh, so today's episode is about sharing some of the lessons from that research, but then making it real and grounded by interviewing Jen and Dawn to find out what that actually looks like and translates into on the ground. Uh, and in the paper, as you'll see, uh, we've uh, highlighted four exemplars uh, of uh, the kind of thing that we think works, and Plymouth Marine Laboratory is one of those four exemplars. So uh, the way this is going to work, I'll start by uh, discussing the paper with Saskia, then we'll move on to the, to the case study. Uh, Saskia, do you want to tell us a little bit more about the, the genesis of this uh, of this paper, this research that we did and the work that uh, you started with uh, Jan and Dawn? Um, and then we'll dive into some of the findings and some of the guidance that has emerged from this. Yeah, I guess um, it really sort of emerged from beginning to think about what, what we might need to do and what we might need to look at in order to try and understand what a good impact strategy looked like. Um, so in terms of thinking about what I was going to do or what we were going to do, working together with Jen and Dawn uh, to look at, you know, impact, an impact strategy in their context. Um, so the, the approach was to um, gather 
um, information about the organization themselves, about where they were in terms of research and impact. And that had been, I guess, accelerated and helped by the fact that I'd already done a little bit of work reviewing some impact case studies for their NERC assessment. So I was sort of, I'd looked under the hood a bit in terms of the sort of research and impact that they were having. Um, but then I want to take that information and put it into the and at some sort of external context. What else was going on out there? What did good practice look like? And how could we interpret the conditions for um, Plymouth Marine Laboratory in terms of what else was there and, and what might be useful to them? Um, and I think initially I, I'd... I, I looked at, you know, gathered fairly randomly. I mean, my methodology in the initial stages was kind of, you know, what, what could I find under a couple of Google searches? And that obviously was something that we, uh, I, you know, I really relied on you to, to improve the methodology of that as we went towards the paper. But, you know, that was originally gathering various different types of um, impact strategies and looking at what they said, how they were structured, what they included, what their approach was and so on. And I think originally I uh, sort of identified three different areas and we really honed that down to, you know, two very clear different types of impact strategies as we developed the paper. But originally they were, and my, my language was very, very clumsy in those days. And again, that's something that we refined. But I identified one group of strategies which I described as doing better impact. So, the, you know, this is what they, they, these, these strategies were designed to do. We need to do better impact. How are we going to do that? And then there were some, um, some organizations who were actually working towards change objectives. So they had something particular in mind. They had a, 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 you know, a particular um, impact purpose, if you like, that they, that they were moving towards. And then the third group that originally we looked at um, were, were those who maybe were working to a policymaker's agenda. So organizations like Policy Exchange, which uh, where the research agenda was maybe driven by different groups um, than that from the sort of HI or, or broader research institutes. So I think that sort of that was the the original hypothesis, if you like, that there are these different types of um, impact strategies. Um, and, and I began to sort of unpick those very much in the context of what um, PML were doing to think about, okay, what, which aspect of those are going to be useful for what we might do together? Um, and actually, from the analysis, it looked like... Um, Plymouth Marine Laboratory was kind of between the do better impact and the work towards change objectives. It was a it was a great time to be looking at this with them because they were already doing quite a lot of profound work on their research um, on their research strategy, um, and so you know we were we were able to align those two things, which I think was a really really valuable um, way of working. Um, and uh, yeah, and that and that was the basis for for developing an impact strategy that that they had they very much owned and they very much created um, in the light of some of this um, information. Great. So we distilled this down to two categories at the end. So your doing better impact uh, group uh, became uh, enabling impact uh, as, a, as a type of strategy uh, and the change objectives one and these quite specific policy type uh, boundary organizations uh, were combined together into achieving impact uh, types mm -hmm. of, uh, of strategy. Uh, and to do this, we did a much more formal analysis. So um, 77 strategies uh, from around the world. Uh, we looked at uh, various different jurisdictions. So UK, Canada, Australia, Hong Kong, China, Denmark and New Zealand. And we also looked at independent research institutes. 
Uh, and we did a combination of quantitative content analysis, but primarily uh, a deep dive kind of qualitative uh, thematic analysis to try and understand what is going on, uh, can we generalize, and what are the different types, uh, and trying to get these as, as distinctive as possible uh, and uh, with as little overlap um, as possible to make this useful for decision making. And so uh, I'm going to ask if you can try and explain a little bit more about this. But I guess um, for listeners, at this point, I want you to start asking yourself, well, I'm thinking about developing an impact strategy for my research group, my school, my faculty, my institution. Uh, what kind of strategy is the kind of strategy that I'm going to want most, which is going to be best suited to my context? And maybe we can talk about how you can then mix and match, um, as, um, as Jen and Dawn have done in theirs. Um, but enabling versus achieving impact strategies, what are the key differences? Well, um, I guess the key differences is about purpose. You know, it's about what is the organization's intention um, in developing these strategies. Um, and those that are around um, achieving impact tend to be for maybe um, organisations that, as uh, that, that as a remit, have a have a, a, a rather more focused. You know, in terms of the research that we we did, we identified that um, tended to be research institutes or um, maybe subsets of HEIs, so so departments or research units within a particular institution that were more successful in developing the um, achieving impact strategies. And often they tended to be a, built around a, th a theory of change or logic model. So they had these really um, useful frameworks that helped uh, them understand how they were going to achieve these impact objectives. Whereas the enabling strategies, the organizations tend to have a much broader remit. Um, and it was quite difficult for them, I think, to, to see easily how a theory of change might fit in, in terms of what impact you want to have. I mean, working with research, uh, research organizations and their strategies, I think one of the things that organizations often find really difficult is, is not um, saying what they do well, but saying, okay, well, we're not going, what are we not going to do? And obviously, if you're developing a strategy, you can't do everything. Otherwise, you know, there's no strategy. Um, but research organizations, I think, find it very difficult to do that, you know, not because partly they have this huge hugely wide remit, you know, everybody has a role to play, every department and discipline has a role to play. Um, and so it's very, very difficult for them to say, okay, well, we're just going to focus on environmental impact, for example. And then, you know, people who are working on something that is hard to see how it might relate to, to environment, you know, they have a case to make as to, as to why they, they need to be prioritised. And so that I think there's very broad remit. The focus tends to be much more about, okay, how can we support researchers more broadly to achieve that impact? And so that's where, you know, you end up with your the impact champions, impact funding, um, uh, you know, supporting impact activities uh, right across, across the organisation. Fantastic. So am I right in thinking then that you could then, in an institutional setting, um, have, uh, I guess, two ways of combining these. So we'll look in a moment about um, how PML has combined uh, elements of both um, in a single research, uh, sorry, a single impact strategy. 
Um, but equally, you could have something with a more nested structure. So you've got uh, an institutional strategy, which is in this enabling impact mode, uh, providing capacity building, training, funding, uh, rewards, recognition, all of those kinds of things. Mm. Uh, and yet within that, you've got individual units that uh, are much more mission focused, that will have a theory of change, a logic model, some very specific changes they want to see in the world with plans to get there. Yeah, I think that would be a really a really sensible approach and a really productive approach. And I think just the process of thinking through that could be really valuable for um, different departments and different uh, units within, uh, within research organisations. I think what we're discussing here is not something that I saw laid out explicitly in these institutional, institution-wide enabling impact strategies, although perhaps it was implicitly there. I was quite surprised at how few of these institution-wide strategies actually had an implementation plan. Um, so mm-hmm. lots of kind of high-level goals, um, but not a lot of detail in terms of how that is actually enacted. Um, and I don't know whether we're just representing what we see on the ground or to what extent actually there was a plan, um, but I think that uh, that you do tend to, to see that combination quite often. Uh, what you don't see in my experience is anything systematic. So you'll see universities with a really good uh, impact strategy, and I think um, King's College London is um, is one of the exemplars that, uh, that we provided. So have a look at that for an example of how to do that well. And then within that, um, I know there are certain centres and departments that have very well developed uh, impact strategies, um, which are much more in that uh, kind of achieving impact mode. Uh, but what I don't know is whether there are universities that are actually uh, making the links between the two uh, and whether mm-hmm. those uh, more achieving impact strategies are just much more serendipitous. Uh, you've got someone with a passion, with an interest, with a few skills who does that in some, certain parts of the universities, but not in others. And I wonder if there's a, a bit of a missing uh, element here that, that actually is part of these institution-wide strategies. There could be more of an implementation plan that then takes it to that unit scale, that more mission-focused stuff. That's certainly um, not something that I have been involved with or, or seen in the uh, different organisations that I've worked with. I've kind of almost seen the opposite where um, individual um, departments or groups have come to me and said, we would like to create a strategy of our own. Um, you know, sometimes that is because they see um, initiatives going on centrally and they and they kind of want to claim their own space. Um, and so so I've tended to work more from from the bottom up in that in that sense. But obviously, um, a lot of these departments and organisations have also just created environment documents for the ref so often you know somebody will come to me and say we, we, need, we want to talk about our strategy or we want to develop a strategy and I say well what have you already said that you do and the, I don't think those documents are necessarily seen in the same space um, but obviously you know the, the information the information is, is, is often very relevant and, and so there are different ways in which that can be brought together but certainly I think, think uh, institutions thinking about nesting those strategies um, from the overarching strategy down to down to um, smaller unit level would be something that would be really productive. 
Yeah, and then I guess the question then is, well, which which way do you work this? Do you go from the bottom up or from the top down? Should it be uh, about a institution-wide enabling impact strategy mm. that then says, and every unit will have their own um, uh, logic model or theory of change? Or should it be the other way? Uh, should we be enabling uh, different units to come up with their own strategies in their own ways, and then looking at what emerges from that at an institutional level? And might that be a way of looking at what in and what's out um, yeah. based on what you actually see emerging at, at the grassroots yeah I think I think that would be the, a, a very useful way of doing it not least because um, I think as those as those different impact pathways for the different units emerge then the enabling strategy needs to meet the demands of those different pathways so um, you, you know, there have been some sort of disruptive elements, if you like. So if, if an institution was sort of left alone to completely develop an impact strategy, which was purely about developing impact, building on their research, meeting the um, aspirations and ambitions of their researchers, they would probably come up with something that was quite different from an environment in which they're expected to meet CAF objectives and they have a ref to, you know. So, so I would love to see institutions building a ground up uh, strategy and then saying, okay, what do we need to put in place to enable all those different departments to um, to deliver on the sort of change objectives and the theory of change that, that they, they originally developed? Mm. And so for international listeners, uh, the acronyms we're referring to here, REF, uh, Research Excellence Framework, um, which looks at uh, research excellence and impact, and CAF, Knowledge Exchange Framework, which looks at uh, everything else, uh, knowledge exchange, in particular commercialization type indicators. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously this, this season of the podcast is looking at impact culture and um, some of this work informed my chapter on capacity building in the impact culture book. Um, and uh, I wonder what are the things that, that for, for you emerge most strongly from these strategies about how institutions and units were trying to use these strategic processes to kickstart a more healthy impact culture? What kind of mechanisms, ideas uh, were, were coming out of these documents for you, Saskia? Um, well, I think when the, most of the documents that we were looking at were, were written really before the research culture discussion had come, had evolved and had developed in the way that it was. I mean, obviously, there are issues of research culture that come out of this, but I don't think these documents were expressed in quite those terms in in the sense of identifying um uh, mechanisms to support a healthy research culture. And in fact, some of them may have been accidentally or inadvertently pa- triggering an unhealthy research, research culture. You know, perhaps those that were driven much more by those extrinsic motivators. So, you know, uh, research strategies that were focused very much on achieving a certain number of four-star case studies, for example, I think potentially has the risk of kind of derailing these healthy um, research culture approaches. But of course, there are, I think, you know, the idea of enabling, enabling impact broadly is, I think, something that can support the development of a a healthy research culture when it's aligned with um, the more intrinsic motivations of researchers. You know, talking to researchers often have um, very clear ideas about how they would like their research to benefit society and putting in place mechanisms to to support that work, I think, is very helpful, whether it's um, providing, um, you know, expert uh, professional services support, providing some funding, perhaps most 
controversially and and importantly, looking at research um, workload allocation is probably the the thing that comes out most strongly talking to researchers in, in this area. And there, I think there is there are inherent challenges and issues about that. As an impact practitioner, I think I feel very strongly that impact should be part of research work. It's in you know it's integral to to what you do in research, um, and yet. Um, persuading researchers to allocate their research time to impact they see as a huge risk because still producing publications bringing in grant income are the things that they feel are going to support and enhance their um their research careers and so making that sort of change um so um ensuring that institutions can see what researchers are doing in this much riskier much less um, kind of rewarded area of impact is going to be really, really important moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think that this this capacity building piece is crucially important um, and giving everyone access to this, not just your research or impact stars who are going to be able to give you the return on investment from some uh, some exercise um, that, uh, that is going to count a few beans for your institution. Um, I think for me, one of the things that came out was uh, this idea of co-producing impacts uh, with our stakeholders and uh, organisations that were mentioning uh, and creating uh, boundary organisations as part of uh, their strategies that were designed to sit between the university and a particular sector or range of organisations. And, and for me, the uh, Plymouth Marine Laboratory uh, example uh, really develops it as a boundary organisation. It might be worth discussing some of that um, with, with Jen and Dawn uh, in a moment. But uh, to conclude, I wonder what are the key messages that you would give to people who are thinking, yeah, maybe I, maybe I could develop an impact strategy. Maybe that would be a good idea. Maybe that could add some value. Uh, what are the key things that you would say to people in this space, uh, things to, to think about? I think there were three areas that have come over really, really fundamentally um, through this particular work and through, you know, through talking to other organisations about, about helping them think through their their impact strategies and the most important thing is 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 the purpose you know why are you doing this um and so you know that is going to be so um so influential in terms of uh, uh, what what the work looks like and really having a clear understanding of what you want to achieve with this and um, work is absolutely fundamental um strong leadership and um, strong and committed leadership is is uh, um i think really really es- essential and you know that's something that's come through in some of these other these other models like the maturity model that um uh judy bailey has developed in terms of these um uh the impact i'm just going to call literacy it model uh, the, um, literacy the impact health uh, organizational impact health check Yes, that's the one. Yes, exactly. Yes, and the organisational <laughs> impact and um, that they that that uh, model really um, emphasises the importance of leadership, and I would completely agree that having um, strong and clear leadership um, is is fundamental to making this effective. And then something around coherence and communication, because there are a lot of different agendas and there are a lot of different initiatives in this area and having um, you know a coherent approach which is um, which is informed by your purpose and delivered by strong leadership um, uh, re- I think reassures and makes uh, makes life a lot easier for the researchers who are having to um, to get to grips with this. Absolutely. And this is one of the roles that uh, Dawn um, and Jen have been playing uh, both 
to develop your own impact strategy uh, in collaboration with all of your colleagues, uh, but now implementing this and uh, and seeing what uh, what happens on the ground with this. So, Jen Dawn, tell us a little bit more about you, uh, your roles, uh, and why you wanted to develop an impact strategy for Plymouth Marine Laboratory. Thanks, Mark. Um, so, I'm Jen Lockett. Um, I'm Senior Impact Manager, but I started at PML uh, 11 years ago as a Project Manager. So, it's, it's been a kind of transition into the impact world largely because of working on the uh, NERC evaluation, which is our equivalent to the university ref process and follows it very similarly. Um, and we spent quite a few years developing case studies for, for that process. Uh, where we also, we learned... uh, NERC is the Natural Environment Research Council, so a major environmental yes. um, research funder in the UK. Yeah, carry on. Sorry, yes, I hate using acronyms. Um, yeah, and, and it was such a, a massive uh, learning experience for us through that process and really, you know, changed our roles. Um, I'll let Dawn introduce herself. Yeah, I'm, I'm Dawn Ashby. I work in the communications department and I started working with Jenny when she'd already done quite a bit of work on the REF case studies. And um, But we needed to really sort of up our game because the, the submission was coming up soon. So we ended working together to develop these case studies. And I think we realised at the time that we we were looking retrospectively so much for evidence that we really need, in the future, if we're going to have to do this again, we really need to be more proactive in how we were going to record and actually generate impact. So that is why we came up with the des desire to create an impact strategy so we could really plan for this going forward into the future. It was also, we were very conscious of um, trying to find out where everybody was within the organisation because we were working with a few um, researchers around the case studies that were very good with impact, understood uh, about non-academic impact agenda and, and, and had delivered impact, hence we were working with them to develop the case studies. Um, but we really wanted to get a, the bigger picture of where we, other people in the organisation were. So it, we kind of started by doing uh, uh, some surveys and talking to people and, and trying to understand if others in the organisation really even knew what impact was. And, and that really gave us a good baseline of, of understanding um, where our colleagues were with it and, and helped us to, to form this idea of knowing that we needed training and we needed more information going to our, our colleagues. And, and then we wanted to do that in a strategic way. And, and that obviously um, fed into the impact plan as well. So it was, it was kind of both things pulling together of trying to make help everyone to get to the to grips with with the impact agenda and and making sure we were learning from this kind of retrospective process we'd had to do great so what i'm hearing is a, a clear sense of purpose we need to do this um but the, the also the recognition that you wanted to take an evidence-based and inclusive approach to this so uh, this survey then enabling you to find out what people's needs were but also people's ideas um and and i think this is the power of an impact strategy uh, there's lots of people with needs out there who could do more impact if they had the right environment if they had the right support resource leadership, whatever it might be, you've got great ideas. And what you're then doing is taking all those needs, taking all those ideas and pulling them together into a coherent whole for which you can then make a business case, uh, for which you can then coordinate resource and make happen in a, in a way that is actually going to work for people and deliver for those needs, put some of those great ideas into, into practice. 
So uh, one of the things that's quite interesting about the, the model that you used was the, the relationship that you built with Saskia through this process. And this is a much more broadly generalizable uh, thing. And so I'm interested to, to know how you came up with the idea for this, because you clearly had all the skills you needed to create an impact strategy. Um, you had a whole, whole lot of evidence. Uh, and yet you created this space and accountability with Saskia to enable you to then achieve something presumably better than you could have achieved uh, without Saskia's help. And it's quite an interesting model for, for any kind of endeavor where, yeah, I think I know what I need to do, but let's use a coaching model to see if we can take this to a new level. So tell me where this idea for, 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 the, for a coaching model came uh, to, to, and this collaboration, how that worked and, and how that added value to what you were already planning to do. I'm not sure at the beginning that we set out to have a coaching model, but um, that was what evolved and, and worked incredibly well for us. But at, at the beginning, it was about uh, recognizing that we didn't know everything and we we could really value from from an external perspective coming in and one of the really key things Saskia did was come and meet with senior management here um, and and as well as getting to understand kind of our strategies and our documents and obviously through our our NERC ref case studies understanding a bit about our science um, she just came and talked to people and and they were very um, open with her about what they wanted from an impact strategy and I don't think they would have responded to us necessarily in the same way, just because we are uh, their colleagues and, and such like. So having that external perspective was, was really important. And what Saskia did an amazing of taking all of that information away and coming back to us with a presentation of, um, uh, of what she thought we needed um, in terms of the framework very much. So um, it was around the theory of change approach and um, the impact plan deliver, delivering the enablers of that theory of change. Um, and I think that was absolutely crucial that that framework that she gave us um, was the, the, the foundation for then us putting the meat to that, to those bones kind of thing, um, and, and really building on what, what we had there. So it, it was really helpful. It really helped us to get started. And then we kind of were able to go off a little bit on our own and run with it and, and keep coming back and, and, and having regular meetings with Saskia and getting input on, on where we were and such like. So tell me then how you managed to get the level of engagement that you needed from your colleagues and from, from your stakeholders as you then further developed, refined and finalised this. So I must say our senior management have been brilliant with this. They've given us a lot of space to grow and understand the impact agenda um, so that we can be um, seen as kind of the experts within our organisation and, and the, the people to come to about impact. Um, and they've also really been supportive in, in wanting to change um, or embrace the impact culture across the whole organisation. So making sure that there was everybody had the opportunity to access impact training and, and the messages that we were putting out about how important impact is, uh, they've been supporting and, and kind of um, underpinning throughout with you know the way that we've we've worked into different HR processes and uh, bonus systems and promotion systems you know that it needed that kind of uh, all-encompassing approach and, and senior management have been crucial for that. 
we liaised with lots of colleagues throughout the process of developing the impact plan. And once we had a kind of quite complete draft, we did several um, workshops. And um, so everyone within the organization was invited to attend. And um, we did several small ones rather than, you know, so everyone had the opportunity to talk and we would present what we had and get feedback and input and ideas. Um, so that we always kept kind of going back to everyone and seeing that this was going to be fit for purpose, that this made sense to them and, and that they were going to be on board with it. Yeah. We also made a short video that we sent out to all staff so they could watch it at their leisure. Those ones wouldn't come to a meeting or wouldn't engage in other ways. We managed to catch them through that as well. So we tried all sorts of different strategies for trying to engage with different types of people throughout the organisation. Yeah, I love that. And you're practicing what you preach. I mean, here you are as a communications um, officer. Um, and and yeah, comms is going to be a big part of this strategy. So we need to, to, to walk the talk here and actually do some really good comms with our colleagues and get some real knowledge exchange happening as part of the, the process of developing this. Um, so I wonder if you can share some of the some of the ideas, the structures, um, the the processes, stuff that's in your strategy that you're particularly proud of. Um, as I said, we've uh, put this out as an exemplar in uh, in our paper, one of four exemplars. Uh, I think there's a, a lot of really nice ideas, um, and and it's all communicated really nicely as well. But what for you are some of the things that uh, that you think others might be able to draw on, learn from? I think, I mean, one of the big successes that we've delivered already, because um, the impact plan's been approved for around a year now, officially. I mean, we were kind of delivering it even while it was still in draft, but um, it's been officially kind of signed off by senior management for, for, for about around a year. And one of the big undertakings we did is, is training, in-house training. So that's that's been really excellent. I mean, Dawn and I had to develop our own skill set there in terms of becoming trainers. You know, we knew the the impact stuff very well and were very confident with it, but we also had to learn those skills of how to deliver it well. Um, and we do a series of short courses here now, so half-day courses that are open to all of our uh, staff and students to um, learn about impact planning, co-development, stakeholder mapping, um, impact monitoring and evaluation. Um, so we do quite a range of training here, which has been um, really in, um, uh, exciting because the feedback from the staff has been excellent. And that, that's what's been, you know, we've been continually um, doing surveys after we run anything and making sure we get feedback and, and learn as we go along. But generally, everybody's been so positive about it and just so pleased to have that opportunity in, in, uh, to come along and, and learn these different skills. And we've also even started to do some of that externally because uh, where we're involved in different projects. And um, so uh, we did a, a training course for the UN Ocean Decade Programme uh, back in January, February time, uh, the OARS programmes for that one and around ocean certification. Um, and we're going to do one next week with the UK Energy Research Council. Um, theme three so it's quite nice you know different areas that PML staff are involved in because they're aware of our training they're asking so please come along and, and work with this wider group um, to, to train um, scientists so it, it's been that's really taken off um, and that's one of the things we think we're particularly proud of the other thing that we just did a few weeks ago is we held our first research impact forum so um, it's funny because I remember the 
exact moment that I came out with this to Saskia in Dawn when we were sat in one of the meeting rooms upstairs. We have a science advisory council that meets every year and uh, we present our science and we get this independent feedback from academics. And um, so my idea was very much, well, we need that, but in an impact um, focus. Um, and so, you know, all this time it got written in and we've developed it and honed it. And then April 6th, we actually delivered our first one, which was really exciting to see it through from that idea stage really early on in the impact uh, plan to, to now delivering it. And that was really exciting. We had a whole day event at PML and we had a lot of staff engage with it. Um, and, and we presented a lot of uh, impact areas that are developing with a real focus on impact. So we gave our scientists quite a hard task if they weren't allowed to pre uh, present the science, the technical detail of their science, they had to focus on the impact it was delivering, what they'd learned from that process so far, what the key kind of um, enablers of delivering to that point were, turning points, as well as challenges, so that other staff could learn from, uh, from colleagues that are doing particularly well with, with impact routes. Um, and crucially, we also had um, external participants come along. So we had uh, an impact advisory panel, just like with our, our science uh, council coming along. And we had lots of organisations, including um, DEFRA, uh, the MMO, oh, no, sorry, not the MMO, the IMO, the International Marine Maritime Organisation. And um, who else was there? Um, Wildlife Trust, um, Southwest Water Environment Agency. We had a, a nice range of stakeholders come along. Um, oh, and Blue, Blue uh, Marine Foundation. Um, so, yeah, and that was really good because it was in just them coming and listening about what we're doing and looking for links, looking how we can do more. How can we broaden the benefit of this work? How can we reach out to new groups? Um, and we had an afternoon session where we were all broke up into breakout groups and we did some challenge-led thinking workshops um, to look to co-develop new ideas with those stakeholders. Um, so something I think we are particularly proud of because it, it was a little bit, you know, something new, something quite novel, particularly within um, PML to have this real impact focus event. And, and it was it was really well that all the feedback so far from external and internal has been really positive that they, they really got something from the event. Fantastic. Uh, it's, and your, your enthusiasm is, is infectious as you talk about this and, and it is clear this is this is working. Um, Dawn, I don't know if, the, if you want to add anything to this, and I, I want to then um, just get that... the reflections from Saskia to finish, but yeah, Dawn. Oh, so our next challenges coming up, we'll be keeping our relationships with these and research impact panel, mm. whatever they're called, yeah. And so we really want to develop ongoing relationships with these and continue to work with them to develop new projects and new impact generating activities and all sorts. So I think that's going to be our next challenge is to really maintain these relationships and just keep working with these people. Yeah, absolutely. So Saskia, this is uh, your first chance since um, uh, finishing that piece of work with um, with Dawn and Jen uh, some time ago to uh, revisit this and then hear actually how's it been going? You've uh, you've got this. It's uh, been approved. You've been applying it uh, in practice. Um, what are your reflections listening to uh, to to where this is at now? 
Yeah, it's been a real pleasure actually to to go back and and reflect, um, you know, on the sort of pre pre pandemic times when we started this project, um, and it's uh, really fantastic to hear about some of the successes that are coming through. I mean, I I, I think uh, Jen and Dawn are a little bit. Um, uh, they may be playing down a little bit some of the challenges that they've had they've had to face. I mean, there's been quite a lot of negotiation. I think their strategy of engaging, um, you know, with a wide range of um, internal stakeholders, bringing the researchers along with them. I mean, that was that was something that you know was was very very necessary. Um, and and you know the communication strategy I think was very effective. Not only uh, the video and the workshops, but there's also there was also a two-page uh, version of the of the strategy that was developed targeted specifically at researchers, showing researchers at the centre of this of this whole um, project and and how they were really essential to, to to the workings of the of the whole thing, how it was driven driven by their needs really. Um, and so yeah, it's 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 absolutely brilliant to hear um, about some of the some of the successes and. Even if they've taken a, a long time to come to fruition for various different reasons, um, it sounds like things are, are developing very successfully. Yeah, and this is a, a long-term thing. I think you can't just decide to sit down and uh, and put pen to paper and write an impact strategy. And I think that this exemplifies the amount of hard work and commitment and perseverance that is required. Uh, and yet also the rewards uh, of doing that uh, and doing that in a really inclusive way as, uh, as you have done. Uh, now, if you want to find out more about this, I'll put into the show notes uh, the uh, the web link for uh, the paper that Saskia uh, and I and our colleagues uh, have got. This is a preprint, so it's currently under review in the journal Research for All, but you can read that preprint at uh, www.fasttrackimpact.com forward slash impact strategies, one word. Also in the show notes is a link to a training session. So uh, I'm going to be uh, back with Saskia, Dawn and Jen on the 27th of June. And uh, we're going to be doing a much more in-depth session on this, uh, really thinking through the tools, uh, the, the things you need to think about um, uh, if you want to create an impact strategy. So if you're interested in taking that on further and want to come to a free workshop with us based on the evidence from this paper, it's on the 27th of June, and I'll put a link uh, for you to book that in the show notes. It just remains for me to say thank you, Saskia. Thank you, Jen and Dawn, for your input to today's episode. But uh, more deeply than that, uh, the conversations that have been taking place over these last three years, um, and it is that long that it has taken, uh, that have led to a point now where we all collectively have so much clearer an idea of what makes a good, effective impact strategy. Uh, and far from just being in theory and in a paper uh, in reality uh, at least in your impact strategy so thank you for your inputs and uh, do enjoy reading the paper and try to put this stuff into practice yourself 